podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your optics, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over the... And welcome to the UPX Podcast, listeners. This is T. Davis. I'm joined today by B-Dag. How you doing today, B-Dag? Oh, man, I'm exhausted. It's uh, It was quite a week last week, and I'm trying to get myself all fresh and ready for what's going to be a Monday morning for me, but what, Thursday afternoon for our listeners? Yeah, man, there was a lot going on in not only Upland, but just the NFT community in general, and I feel for you sure. on the, the exha- exhaustion for sure. So let's talk about what has been so busy in Upland. They had the Genesis Week. Um, did you participate in any of that? I did some of it. There was a lot going on, which was really cool that all those options were available somewhere yeah. around here. There's probably a list of what was going on, but, uh, there were treasure hunts and pinata drops and, uh, what, uh, discord contests and a whole bunch of stuff. I used to keep up and do everything upland, but I just, I couldn't do it all this week. I could, I guess, but you know, I have a job and family and stuff, so I didn't. Yeah, there was there was entirely. I mean, which is great. I, I'm glad that there yeah, was so sure. much going on. It was definitely refreshing to see that. Um, you know, I I almost commented <laughs> that it was too much, but I didn't want I didn't want to jinx the, you know the progress that I, that I'm seeing being made by the Upland team. It's it's fantastic. Um, sure. What did you? What did you get the opportunity to participate in? The excuse me, I told you I was exhausted. I'll try not to do that too much. Um, I did East Coast pinata drops. I think I participated. Uh, was the two thousand twenty thousand uh, Upix hunt? Yeah, I did the two thousand Upix hunt in Staten Island because I was trying to save pennies for Chicago. I did not do the mega hunt, which I'm glad I didn't. Uh, that sounded like it was kind of anticlimactic. And I didn't do any Discord stuff, but mostly I was chasing around Sparky Pinatas. Nice. And it looks like we had uh, another landmark auction, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Sanctum picked up the Guggenheim Museum. So shout out to Sanctum, 25,000 Upix Mint. Upics, twenty-five million upics. My bad. Yeah, thousand dollars. Yeah, mind blown. Yeah, which the let's see that fits into historic NYC Park View, Fifth Ave, it's in City Pro, of course. Wow, uh, City Pro, <laughs> woo, New Yorker. Yeah, New Yorker newbie also. <laughs> so with that historic. NYC collection, that property alone is pulling in almost a million upics a month. 964,000. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, so, good. So, yeah, shout out to Sanctum uh, on that. What else did we have? We had uh, the, the roadmap uh, rollout and we had the global spark airdrop. 
Yay for Spark. Yeah. It's only been, what, a year? Yeah, finally, finally. Uh, how'd you do with your Spark airdrop? Did you get right to work with it? I did. I Yep, I put it to work almost immediately. I had the two that they gave us as a teaser, which I'd already been throwing some into Little Italy Fresno. Right, yeah. And so. uh, when they dropped the rest of it, they, I got 7.3 Spark total. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, which is not too shabby. I think I was director when the snapshot was taken, and I participated in some of the events here and there. Yeah. And that's what it got me, 7.3. How about you? Uh, I got 9.62. Which, wow. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Um, I I think that's on the higher end of spark balances. Yeah, I wonder what the highest amount of spark given was. If uh, If you're comfortable, if you got over 10 and you're comfortable doing it, feel free to DM myself or T. Davis. We'd be interested in mentioning that next episode so you got the highest amount of spark right so the, so the thing with the spark is, is if everybody were to have it unstaked we could go to the play upland me account and click on the us pk token i think is is what it is yeah and, okay and you can actually see the high you know the highest token holders but if it's staked of course it's not in your inventory and therefore it's not going to show so if everybody were to unstake, we would be able to get a very clear snapshot of what everybody has. But the fact that, you know, I, I don't show up on there and, and I know many others who should be showing up in, in top 10 and top 20 or so are, are not there because they've immediately staked their spark. Right. They're using it. So that's, that's no indicator, but all the same, um, let us know. Yeah, so how do you feel about that amount and the how long it takes to build? I know that some of our, our veteran players who have been waiting around for a very long time for property development to come, uh, they're, they're not super excited about how many properties they have and how long it would theoretically take them to develop all of them. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm holding like 70 in Little Italy, Fresno, and I'm thrilled. Yeah. Um, how, what, it's like a, a townhouse is 2,600 hours, right? 2,600 right. Mm -hmm. spark hours. So, uh, what is that, 24? That's like, that's like three, three months. It's like three and a half months to build a small townhouse. But that's fine. That's about how, well, I don't know. That's if you're working one hour a day, which is essentially what you're doing with one spark an hour, you're working an hour a day. That's going to take you three and a half months to build a townhouse. In real life, it's going to take you like for what that townhouse is, it could take eight months to a year. But even if you have just five spark, that's going to cut it down substantially and you should be able to get it done in about 20 days. Right. Really three weeks to build a small townhouse and you're complaining. I mean, we always knew that it wasn't going to take that, uh, that it wasn't going to be as quick as it was with the spud. I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think it's pretty generous. Really. I'm surprised it's that quick. So even for the 7.3 spark I've got, 
um, no, I did that math the wrong way. Was, uh, whatever. It's going to take even less time, like two weeks to build a townhouse. Right. And, right. and about a month to build an apartment building. Yeah. I think at, at my rate with, with everything fully unstaked and I can apply the max amount, which I believe is eight to a small townhouse. I think it takes around three days or so. Yeah fully staked so that that's not terrible at all it's just when you get into the larger uh structures i i haven't built anything built anything larger myself than a small townhouse i have the three on on uh tulum in front of the uh you know my large structure or or parcels in little italy fresno and i'm gonna let those finish out and then i i suppose i'm going to have to make a decision on where the uh, business is going to go. Um, you and I are both in the business beta, which was part of the roadmap highlights that we'll get into. But um, have you decided on on where you're going to put your business? Yeah, I think I have some branding already with an address. Excellent, excellent. Uh, but I don't like any of the buildings so far. Right, that's my dilemma. Because they're all well. residential. Yeah, agreed. So I'm going to wait for now and uh, I, I have, I have my plan in place and a backup plan, but I know that things are just going to change every month. So I'm yeah. open to change and making sure it works the best I can. So if I, I guess if UP2 size is going to factor into inventory, like, like we were told it would, yeah. right, then it's going to behoove both of us to use one of our larger parcels. That's right. And I'm with you on the, I don't like the fact that it's an apartment building. Uh, you know, that's, that's not a business. That's an apartment building. But if I have to put that down, you know, and, and wait until we get other options, custom options, then it, it is what it is. And, and I'll do it. I, you know, I hope that they provide some sort of um, mechanic that will allow swapping out for a more realistic business, something more feasible than demolish and rebuild, though, you know. Well, they're trying to make this as close to real life as possible, right? Y- yeah. Much as I want to support yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to tell you to demolish it and rebuild. Right, but I, I guess just the argument to that would be if how realistic is building a business into a high rise apartment building? You know, you know right, what I mean. Exactly. So, well, yeah, and that's that's a good thing for a downtown where you'll have businesses on the first floor and yeah, apartments that's a good above. Point. Yeah, that's but, a good point. But if you're if you're out and if you're not in the core, then you're going to expect to see low rise warehouses and other. Structures, maybe a a three-story. So, but it all depends on the business. I mean, you're talking, we're talking about like retail, right? uh, Kind of stuff that's going. Well, no, that wouldn't be bad for a block explorer. But again, when you're looking at the properties that we have, they're large. They're they're very obviously IRL industrial kind of properties. They are, you know, one to three-story tall buildings, warehouses, and stuff like that, which I guess is kind of how I envisioned my business being run out of a nice-looking warehousey kind of building. Yeah. No, we got nothing like that right now. 
Nope. Well, we'll have to see where Upland goes with that. Um, I know that they released their roadmap that we've mentioned, and we're going to talk about some of the highlights of that. Uh, have, you right. read, have you read the roadmap? I looked through it, breezed through it a couple times. I'm not totally familiar with it, but I, I did see some highlights in there. So, yeah, we should we should go through. Yeah, same. So the, the biggest news, I think, for a lot of people this last week was the uh, global fit out. Well, I guess it's not completely global, but a lot of people got into fit out, and I know they were very, very happy about it. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, that'll be interesting to see what it does to the economy now that everybody can do the thing. Right. And I can tell you, I've already looked at the numbers and as expected, they've taken a dip um, on on the fiat side, which that's not surprising at all. We're probably going to see that for a little while, maybe longer, um, just because that's how things just tend to go in the the NFT marketplace, right? People are always undercutting the next person by, you know, a fraction of a percent just to have the lowest listing. Yeah, right, race to the bottom. Yeah, and we're already seeing that in in the floors of certain cities. But I'm really happy to have seen a lot of people that I know that were you know, feeling left out of the, of the fiat out beta and they're finally able to list for USD, which is, which is awesome. You know, you want to see people extract value back out of something that they've invested so much of their time. And in some cases money into, it's great to see them get that opportunity to get something back out of it. Yeah, Um, for sure. I know you and I have been in, we were in the alpha, I think, Correct. Right. Yeah. So it's it's lost a bit of its luster for us. I know I'm still making fiat sales. I don't know that I'm going to notice the increase, I guess, in listings. It will be something that I will make note of when I'm running the data for sure. But um, yeah, property to US open beta is coming. They're going to should have the full open beta that means anybody can participate do you know did they say anything about um the same restrictions that they held for the closed beta like i know you had to be a pro to apply at city hall and i don't think that's the case with um going to city hall and, and clicking the button like on, on the, there's, there's three buttons that you can click at city hall in San Francisco. One is for yeah. the fiat out beta. The other one's for your block explorer. And the other one is the third one is your uh, executive statue and the, All right. the block explorer, the custom block explorer. If you're not a director, it will not let you, you can click the button, but it'll tell you that you can't do it because you don't meet the, the status, right? You have to be a director and the same thing with the 3d, statue if you're not an executive it's not going to let you go any further but if i'm not mistaken the fiat out doesn't have that you know uh parameter set for it so anybody can click that button i believe i don't know if a visitor can but i'm like 99 percent sure that an up 
lander status player ken because i i remember when they released the last wave of them people had been had mentioned that they applied and i know that they were not pro status and that was the reason why they didn't get in because that was a requirement but uh, i'm wondering if that has changed i haven't i don't know i guess any up right under so players that so in the roadmap they've got that link to the property to usd article and uh when it was in alpha they opened it up to 30 of us when it went to closed beta they added another 70 but then we were a little surprised happily uh surprised when they added another like 390 to bring the total up to 490 um that was in closed beta now that they're going into open beta it says all uplanders will be able to offer properties for sale for usd but volume restrictions will still be intact so max of 10 i guess and and floor what did they drop the floor to a dollar now and it's up to ten thousand. is it all the um, way down to a dollar i didn't or is know it that. still at three that's a great question i don't know the answer to that okay well anyway um it says all uplanders so i'm a guess that's everybody except visitors i almost want to go find a property and list it for a dollar but i don't have any that. i want to sell that cheap yeah same <laughs> Um, all right. Isn't that something? Oh yeah. We're about to go uh, big for everybody there. So yeah. keep holding on. Your turn's coming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What was, uh, what, what's the next thing that we have on that roadmap? The NFL, NFT portal. What? <laughs> the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> you can tell what I'm thinking about three months right. early. Uh, the NFT portal beta, which is, the, if I'm not mistaken, that's the, the NFT wrapper that uses the DGoods standard that will allow for the importing of um, like the Upland dot cards on wax, be able to be imported into your Upland EOS account, and I guess into your into your residences, into your buildings into your properties um what do you think of that sounds good oh wait yeah we're talking about stuff like crypto kitties when they brought those in off of the what off the eth chain yeah um so my guess is those crypto kitties on the eth chain are still there or were they just completely retired and they were wrapped up and put onto the eos chain so I, th- I think in layman's terms, that's how it works. Right. The, uh, I, I believe it's very similar to the, to the other wrapped currencies in, in crypto um, and how those work. You know what? I will get a better technical explanation for our listeners. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this uh, some more as it rolls out. So getting a good technical explanation for for them would be pretty yeah awesome. that is exciting though you can have oh, yeah. nfts on wax that you can bring in and display and interact with in upland i know that our the the users are are very excited and looking forward to the upland cards having utility in in upland um there, there's quite a bit that you can do with those if you remember uh, mm-hmm. what the collection looks like there were there was you know the, the cars and the pinatas and you know right. 
there's a there's a lot there to play with and it will be it'll be interesting to see what upland does with that i know that is something that i asked dirk about uh in a zoom call that we had a, a month or two ago and he assured me that that is something that they're going to look at so i can't Thanks. yeah i can't wait to see what that's going to look like all right um the spark drop is the next bullet point in the roadmap, but we already kind of talked about that. So let's skip ahead to landmark construction. Yeah. What do we know about this? Uh, West Coast in Q3 going to be made available. So that will be, I think, uh, at the pier. Who owns that pier? Jones, I think, right? Is it? Yeah. Okay. And what what other landmark? There's there's quite a few in San Francisco. Uh, it's quite tower owned. It is. Yeah. By pier? Do you mean the ferry building? Is that what it is? I thought it was a pier. I don't know. No, you're right. There's a pier too. There's a pier, the ferry building, and probably something else. Oh, this was that landmark voting contest, wasn't there? So <laughs> there's others in there as well. I don't remember what they are specifically. Yeah, we could probably do a whole show on the landmark uh, voting uh, debacle. Let's (laughs) Let's put that all behind us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it says here, respective models will be introduced in an order of production determined by the Upland team. So whichever one they decide is going to be the easiest to do, I guess, first. (laughs) Crank it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what those look like. And what kind of scale that they're they're working with? Tell tell me this, and Bidag, in your experience, and I know it's quite extensive. Um, how was the scale of the buildings that we currently have the the four selections that we have in regard to the size of the properties? Like, what what's the scale like? Is it accurate? Is it is it off? Honestly, I feel they're a little small. Yeah, uh, the buildings themselves are. So when I'm in Fresno and I'm looking at a lot that I know to be 60 feet by 100 feet, and it's got a four-story townhouse on it that appears to be, oh, maybe 30 feet by 50 feet. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's kind of reasonable. I mean, that'll fit in San Francisco pretty well, but... Maybe it's just looking at it at in the small um, small Fresno lots. I mean, the big Fresno lots makes it look kind of small. But the apartment building, whatever we're calling that, what is it? Is that it? Yeah, it's apartment. an apartment building, yep. Yeah, those ones are, I'm looking at one on the map right here. Come on. Oh, yeah, do a thing. Uh, those, what are those, like eight stories, ten stories, and... Those have a footprint of about 62 feet by 62 feet. That's small. Yeah, I've always thought that, yeah. but I, I don't have, um, you know, extensive experience with that kind of a thing like you do. So I'm glad to hear that um, I'm not crazy in that regard. Right. And what's what did we decide an up is? It's 10 feet about three meters. Yeah, three meters by three meters. So I'm looking at the small townhouse here, and it's 
it's 10, maybe it's 16 to 18 feet wide. Uh, okay, maybe. I mean, they're they're all reasonable size. They're just pushing the lower end of that size. The ranch house, I think, is the only one that really seems to fit well. All right. And make a prediction for our audience. What's going to be the first landmark that drops in San Francisco? Well, this in general. Is it going to be San Francisco? I, I would oh, yeah. Think so. Well, it says West Coast. Right. And so would we assume it would be maybe Coit Tower? I would love to see Coit Tower. It's certainly one of the most iconic, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I would want to see Palace of the Fine Arts. That's the one that I'm yeah. that's the one that I'm going to go for. And that okay. is completely for selfish reasons because I own a couple properties that are facing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. That one's not even owned yet. They haven't auctioned it. No, they sure haven't. But I guess if they were going in chronological order, I think I think Jones's Pier was the first to go, if I'm not mistaken. If okay. I'm correctly. Uh, pier, pier. Which pier is this? It's a pier. Jones. Nope. That's a different one. Anyway, yeah, a pier. Uh, a pier will appear somewhere <laughs> around here. And you know what? While uh, we were talking there, I did go ahead and list the property, and you cannot list it below $3. It is still $3. Okay. So I did find one, and funny enough, it sold in between the time of me, me listing it, and uh, um, it... Uh, it's like that. Boom. Big money. So, all right. Well, on to business beta that is the next thing that they talked about in right. roadmap. Uh, I'm pretty excited to be a part of that. For sure. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit with uh, what that's going to look like in, in terms of where are we going to put our businesses. Uh, for our listeners that might not be familiar with it, there are two options. There's going to be the Block Explorer shop, which they will roll out first, and that is what I chose to be a part of. Um, we will get the opportunity to um, sell all of our block explorers that we picked up. So this is not the ones that come by default. They're ones that we got through either participating in uh, an Upland event like the Thanksgiving uh, hunt or you know the many scavenger hunts that they've done. And they've done quite a few where if you purchase X amount of Upix, you get a free block explorer with it, which they did a, a few more of those during this last week. So anybody who had purchased those with the hopes of turning a profit, you are waiting on the block explorer shops to do so. The way that we understand that they work will be um, your shop owner will designate a commission percentage um, anywhere, I guess, between one and, and whatever the ceiling is for the percentage. I can't imagine it goes much higher than 15 or 20% and certainly not. Yeah I, would hope I, not. yeah, I wouldn't expect anybody to patronize your shop if that were commission percentage. I think 5% was like right around what was suggested. So the shop owner will designate uh, X amount of slots, which the amount that they have to work with is going to be 
determined by the size of the parcel that the business is on. So if I find the biggest parcel that I can in a little Italy Fresno to put my business there, let's say I have, you know, 100 slots to sell block explorers out of, I can designate you know, all 100 to the community, I can keep 90 of them for myself and only allow 10 to be, you know, open to the community. And what will happen is the users will come into the shop. And if there are slots available, they'll be able to list their block explorers for sale and agree to the commission percentage, um, put the block explorer, I believe, into some sort of escrow account which I, I believe is all managed via smart contracts. Oh, sure. Yeah. And um, there, there's some other parameters, I believe. Um, I think you can set uh, an, maybe an, an expiry date, if I'm not mistaken, that was an option. So that way it's just not sitting there indefinitely if it doesn't sell, if it's not sold after X amount of time, it just gets returned to the owner. Um cool and then it's not sitting there uh blocking inventory from other right. things that could sell right 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 yeah exactly and uh, that's pretty much all i can remember from it it's been a while since we had our first business beta meeting um the other option for business was the decor shop which was what you opted for BDAG. Can you tell the audience uh, right. a bit about about what that entails? Uh, we have even less information so far because a block explore shop mm -hmm. was going to be released first. Uh, all I know about outdoor decor is that I need to come up with some 3D models and those will then be developed uh, either by the files I send in or by the Upland team and I can then sell you things like mailboxes and Benches. lampposts sure and stuff things to pretty up your property so as you're placing those buildings make sure you leave room for some pretty stuff up front uh, same kind of thing though size of the property matters the more the bigger the property is, the more that we'll be able to store on site. Although I think that's kind of irrelevant because if you own several properties all together, you could just spread your stuff out on the properties as I understand it and potentially move stuff around from property to property as needed. Since it's, you know, since it's smaller stuff and it's things you would generally have delivered anyway, it's not like uh, a building where you've got to demo it to move it somewhere else. This is stuff that you know, mailboxes and benches, stuff you would expect in real life to buy and transport home. Excellent, excellent. All right. Um, next up was the Metacars Crypto Motors. Now, I'm not yeah. a car guy myself, but these are pretty freaking cool. Uh, if you go over to CryptoMotors.io, you can see what the ones that have been minted to the ethereum chain what they look like and i can tell you this is gonna this is gonna be a lot of fun especially if they if they have similar designs to the ones that we see on OpenSea right now these are pretty cool yeah they're really amazing 
they all have kind of their uh, a design aesthetic that runs through the line and they're very near future looking not not way out there like tron light cycles or anything but um definitely something i would expect to see driving around in the next 10 15 20 years yep and they said uh meta cars will be the first cars car nfts introduced into upland via the new type the unft which i believe that's going to be the wrapper um and will live as 3D models on top of the Upland map. And then one of the first utilities for the cars will be the, uh, the ability to use them as a means of travel between cities. So that will be pretty cool if you can, instead of having to send your Black Explorer to the train station and then catch the train with the ticket, you can just, I would imagine, click on your vehicle and go <laughs> right which is a cool idea i get a thrill out of road trips but it's because i'm behind the wheel and i'm actually touching the steering wheel watching your car your virtual car move across a map may not have quite the same feel you know right i uh, i can i can foresee myself clicking it and then uh, going to another browser tab yeah exactly it. so yeah. when you're talking about drive time it's two hours uh just call it three hours it's pretty close to three hours of drive time and if they're looking to cut everything into what a fifth or so right um three hours yeah it's going to take a lot longer It'll, i would imagine to get anywhere than it you know obviously cars don't move as quickly as trains Right. This this would be about thirty six minutes. What's the train? Twenty seven minutes between the two. Yeah. Well, which which two are you talking about? Uh, San Francisco and Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. Probably something like that. Right. So yeah, you're gonna sit there. Now, now, if they could uh, introduce this VR concept where you can sit behind the windshield and you can see the landscape as you go, that would be kind of cool. Or in uh, you know introduce variables like weather and, and traffic and yeah you know using real APIs I think that would be pretty cool even right. if at even if it's not the full VR 3D experience at first um, I, I think it would still be neat to just incorporate that you know where you have to think about am I going to go to San Francisco right now at the height of rush hour. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have to worry, you know, you have to coordinate like you do in real life, you know, how you long go. it's going to take you to get somewhere. Um, you know, that, that I can only see that really being a negative, right? Because when is, I mean, I, I, I can't think of any instances where putting that kind of a mechanic in a game would bring any kind of a positive, right? It would just, it's just going to slow people down, but I don't know. Nevertheless, I, I still think it would be, it would be pretty cool. To add well, it'll that. give you a kind of a sense of that bringing real life into the game. But then again, if I have to deal with that in real life, that's something <laughs> I also want to deal with. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. That's in exactly a game. what I mean. It I just, just put my car on the road and drive me there. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care that it's 6 PM. It's bumper <laughs> to bumper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
All right. Uh, Third-party developer tools. Uh, this year's growth has highlighted the importance of empowering the Upland community with the right tools to craft experiences that complement the Upland metaverse. In Q3, we will begin working with third-party developers to define the first official read-only APIs meant for developers. Deeper third-party integration options to come later. So to translate that, what that means, so a, a read-only API means that there will not be any way for a third-party application to actually manipulate upland side data, right? Yeah, no so, injection. Right. You're not going to be able to log into a third-party application and, uh, you know, change your, your username, for example. Not that you can do that anyway, right, because it's on the blockchain, but just giving you yeah. an example, um, you'd only be able to read your username. You wouldn't be able to make any any edits to anything. Um, this, this is great. I, I, I feel like this is long, long overdue because we know that, uh, you know, our community heroes like Hacker and um, in the past, you know, MG and, and Mixplick and those that have uh, really laid the groundwork for a lot of these third-party apps to thrive. They've all been using... Um, you know, the public Upland API, which it's not built for the, the uses that they're, you know, that they're using them for. And they, Upland should have, should have recognized that a while back and, and opened this up. I remember back when there was a, I believe it was a Trello or something similar. Right. They had this on the roadmap in like September of last year, third-party API integration. So I'm glad to see that it is finally back on the roadmap and they will be opening an official API for, for third-party developers. Um, I would imagine, as, as I read further here, it, it looks like that it's not going to be open to everyone. They will likely restrict the API keys to uh you know parties that go through a vetting process that are, are like that will likely be like the ucn um in fact i i wouldn't find it far-fetched at all to just add on to the ucn just create a you know a, a new subset right. uh, of users that are developers uh, as opposed to broadcasters and uh and those individuals you know get an api key with whatever restrictions that they set forth on those. But this this is great. Um, I know that UP2 land uh, and Envenom are likely very excited to also see this and, um, you know, get, get ready to see their, their ideas and plans come to fruition through this, yeah. through these developer tools. Yeah, I know he's got big plans. This is a good step in that direction. Yep. All right. Uh, the last bullet point on the roadmap was Upland Legit. Now, I don't know how I feel about that name. <laughs> I think they're too legit to quit. Yeah, that's especially on the on on the, speaking of the West Coast, and yeah, that's MC Hammer language there. I don't right. know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, this is pretty cool, though. From from what I understand. 
I want, let me let me read it to you guys. So we are excited to announce that a major real world brand with millions of fans is in the process of coming to the Upland Metaverse. We'll be unveiling a new suite of NT products called Upland Legits that will serve this brand, among many more brands to come as they engage with their fan audiences in the metaverse. So to me, that sounds like it's a a pretty large company. I mean, is that the impression that you get from that? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it could be Nike, but uh, it could even be Reebok or Asics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, would Nike be billions? Asics. Maybe? Yeah. Probably billions for Nike. I don't think we're at Nike yet. Yeah. But millions of fans. That's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm curious to, to see what they're talking about here. And uh, I know that with the release of Spark, I was poking around the EOS account, the Play Upland Me account, and I noticed something on there. It looks like they had a new token, which I knew nothing about. It's called the E-Moon. E is an echo, M-O-O-N. Uh, yeah, E-Moon token. And they had, like I think, like 10 million or something like that. And so I started digging into it, and it's definitely EOS-related. I don't know if it's related to this Upland Legits at all or, or the UNNFT. I don't know. I, I haven't dug deep enough into it yet, but I can tell you that that Emon token was, was not there the last time I looked at the Play Upland Me account. Granted, that was a while ago. Um, it, it's definitely new. Uh, before this podcast, when I was compiling data for it, I was trying to poke around in um, some of the Block Explorer applications like Blocks.io and um, this new one that I found, EOSQ, I think, dot EOS Nation, something like that. But um, no Did dice. you do a Google search? Yeah, I found the eMoon.network website. Okay, because I found some other weird eMoon stuff too. Oh, yeah. What did you find? I don't know. Google at your own risk. Uh, but yes, I did eventually <laughs> find the eMoon network. Yeah. So it's out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't, I don't find anything connected between the two of them quite yet. And so, you know, who, who knows? It could be, it could be, it could be nothing because, you know, if somebody has your EOS wallet account, like they can just send you tokens. You, you don't necessarily have to have any agreement to accept them. You know, if I had 10 million Emoon tokens, I could send them to you. And then people could be asking, why does BDAG have 10 million Emoon tokens? Oh, that's for me to know. You need to find out. Though, I don't know, actually, now that I say that out loud, I don't know if, what the permissions look like on the Play Upland Me account. This is very interesting. Any of our uh, web dev listeners or data hounds out there, take a look at that. And if you find anything, let me know. It's uh, definitely peculiar, and it's something new that I noticed. Cool. Way to do some nerdy pokery. Uh, all right, man. Um, let's talk about some numbers that we've seen change since the last episode that we did. So last 
episode, we ran Chicago numbers because Chicago had just released. And we looked at the, the you know, the normal set, which was the, the total sales, mean, median mode. Uh, last week, we had 5,700 total sales, 5,742. And the average sale price was a little over 12,000 upics. The median was right around 4,000 and the mode was 2,800. So this last week between the 7th and 13th was the data set. We dropped by almost 2,000 total sales uh, all the way down to 4,079. I don't know... Thirty percent drop in the number of sales. Yeah, so this is secondary market sales. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. We got another thing to celebrate. But let me finish this here. Oh yeah. Uh, um, that's secondary market sales, and yeah, thirty percent drop is significant. I don't, I, I don't know why that is. I, I'm, my only guess for Chicago is that, you know, there, there's just not. A whole lot going on. I, I think that we saw the we see the median price spike way up, mm-hmm. so it shot up to sixteen and a half thousand, so sixteen thousand five hundred sixty three. So I I think what's happening is the people who had minted properties, and in the release and in the subsequent week or so, um, they might be overvaluing their their properties. You know, I, I went in to take a look just out of curiosity, right? Like, I don't know how you feel about Gold Coast, but I feel pretty confident that Gold Coast will be a collection just because yeah, okay. you know, that that's just something that, you know, w- one of my speculations and I, and I didn't get any, right? Mm-hmm. And it sold out. So I went to go look at what the secondary market looked like and the cheapest Gold Coast properties like forty four thousand upics, which that you know that's not you know prohibitively expensive for me, but the mint price on it was like three thousand, and so that's a fifteen x markup, you know, and then after that, I think there was one listed at like fifteen sixty, and then from there it was just it was up. You know, there there were like three outliers at 44, 50, and, and 60. And, and then after that, everything just skyrocketed way up. Yeah, okay. So some other people have the same feeling, probably. Well, I, I, I think that areas like Michigan Ave and Gold Coast and and Chinatown and, and the ones that we know that are sold out, mm-hmm. I think they're... they're they're valuing them at like existing Manhattan collection prices. And we just don't know that yet. And, you know, I, I wasn't about to jump on the cheapest gold coast listing out there just because, you know, I'm, I'm not sure of it. I'm not trying to talk down anybody's pricings. If you yeah, feel yeah. like that's what it's worth, then, then leave it there. But I would, that's, that's my interpretation as to why, we're seeing these significant drop, like this thirty percent decrease. I think that the that the the valuation of the of the properties is too high for for buyers. People just aren't interested in 
paying those types of markups when there's still so many question marks um, out there on properties that, and there's stuff to mint still as well. Yeah, exactly. A lot of us uh, went in heavy on our speculations and we just don't have a whole lot left to go in on other speculations. So of right. course other people went in on their speculations and they think they've got something hot. So they're trying to move it and we may not feel the same way, but, uh, and it's, I think this is a good uh, result of opening a city with so many properties in it. There's so much opportunity there. It helps to level the market a little bit, at least yeah. for now till the collections are released. And that's, uh, I also appreciate the vanilla release too. Right, right. So, I don't know. That's that's what my assessment of the of the sales decrease and in the median uh, or the average price increase. Median, uh, it dropped to it dropped down to three thousand twenty two opics, and the mode essentially stayed the same, though it did technically drop as well down to twenty seven hundred. And I think all all of that is is relative and like it makes sense to me when when i look at it i can look at these numbers and the map and, and kind of make that uh correlation between what what i see as far as what's been sold out and what's listed for really high prices and the numbers uh, all right Gen generally customers. generally what it tells me is that sales have gone down but there are some pretty high ticket ones that right. people are really going for that have that have helped dominate the mean right so that takes us into our next section which is the top five um, property sales and we did chicago again and so we have in this set one outlier which is uh tito teo tb 4002 has the top sale uh, he bought, or he or she bought, 645 North Michigan Ave off of Jakey 1992 for 1.7 million upics. Is that a typo? That's not a typo. 1.7 million? Looks like to me. 1.75, one and three quarter million. I got to double check my data here. That's a bit shocking here. Well, all the other ones that you've got listed are <laughs> mill and up. <laughs> I know. I just want to make sure that when I formatted yeah. this cell, make sure that it ah. it didn't turn it into a larger number than it what it should be. I'm sure that's right. That's a bit mind boggling to me. It's looking to me like some heavy speculation in Chicago is what what i'm seeing yeah and this property it's an outlier because the rest of the top five has been dominated by one single player <laughs> i don't know if, i don't think if we've seen a, a clean sweep of the top five yet but this I is pretty recall. darn close right uh, buster worth um which i looked up this player is already an executive with a net worth of well over 40 million upics let me get that exact number uh, for the audience, Buster Worth's net worth is just shy of 50 million upics. 49, 539, 373, 448 properties, 41 collections, and uh, still hasn't changed his Block Explorer from the 
default. Uh, I think Visitor Beach Ball, which is pretty so awesome. So weak. <laughs> Um, they had the second, third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, I can read them off to you. Looks like screen time uh, was the big winner with the second and third highest uh, sales. Uh, 844 East 58th Street, which is the American School Building in Hyde Park. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Buster Worth is from Chicago. Based on what I've seen, them yeah, and he's grabbing stuff five. that he knows and loves IRL. Yeah, that that's my guess of what's going on here. Um, Hyde Park, I know, is also a collection speculation neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see how large this parcel was. I'm going to guess pretty big, though. I guess we can pull that up. Really, it's three fifty one up square. Three hundred and fifty-one thousand, or three hundred fifty-one. No, three hundred and fifty-one up square. Had a mint of forty-two k. Eight forty-four East Fifty-Eighth Street. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at fifty-seven fifty-seven South Drexel. The next one. I'm yeah. right across the street. Eight forty-four East Fifty-Eighth. One hundred and thirty-nine up squared. Yeah. So that's actually not large and then 5757 no, south dress school you're saying is right across the street yeah that's right this is all stuff on the uic university of chicago campus yeah one of them uh, you caught my typo there the main one yeah what did i 351 up squares 42k yeah. mint um and screen time must have been right there to mint both of those Apparently, and you said this was this was where in Chicago? This is right by the, the school, right? The university. Uh, Tide Park. It's all on the University of Chicago campus. It appears. Excellent, excellent. Um, the other property, the number four, was two eleven East Chicago Ave, which is the American Dental Association building. Um, it looks like you want to bet that's on the campus. No, it's not. It's on a different. <clears throat> yeah. uh, it isn't a different campus. Northwestern University. <clears throat> excuse me. Northwestern University of Chicago campus. Yeah. Desert Desert Dad made that sale. Uh, I don't. Why do I keep writing UP2? Not mint. 266 up squares. 52K mint. Um, I left out all of these. Uh, price tags so number two was 1.5 million number three was 1.45 million number four is 1.25 million so over four million in just those three properties and then the fifth one which was 1450 north astor street was for a cool million uh shout out liquid emoji um my texas buddy lives close by um, cool. made the sale to Buster Worth, of course, again, uh, 24,000 mint Gold Coast property. Let's take a look it's at a, the squares here. It's an apartment or a condo or something. Yeah, I like Not huge either. I like Astor Street as a, as a speculation street as well. I, I don't know. Something about it just kind of says collection to me but 
Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, okay, I can see it. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, uh, Buster Buster Worth, man. Come, let's look. Do we know when they joined? I can look that up. I think. Let's see how old their account is. This is dead air. This is the stuff you don't want on a podcast yeah, or a radio I can, show. I can, I can, I can. But talk that's through. okay. I can, talk, <clears> I can because talk we're through. the Epics Podcast, baby. Yeah. And we're glad you tuned in. So what you want to do is you want to click on any random property, and then when the property card pulls up, you click on the blue part uh, under owner. So that would be whoever owns that property. And then up in the URL, you have to do this on a desktop. It will not work on a mobile app. You'll see the URL changes to playupland.me forward slash profile question mark username equals. And then what you do is you change that equals to whatever username you're looking at looking for then that will pull up their property card when you hit enter then what you do is you go to their assets tab and you pull up your chrome developer console which is control shift j go over to the network tab click on a property and you will see a series of numbers drop down and those numbers are the uh, property ID and you can click on any one of them double click it it'll open it in a new window and if you have a Chrome extension like JSON viewer or uh, anyone that that reads JSON you can see this huge uh, bit of text and you can find owner which is right over top of owner username. And so that owner field is their EOS account, which you can take that over to blocks.io, throw it into the search bar, and it will pull up their account. Now, if you page all the way over to the very first page of their account, you will find that they joined on approximately May 30th, 2021 for Buster Worth. That wasn't so uh, bad, right? <laughs> easy peasy. <clears throat> you you lost me at hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for any, May, any of our listeners, if, if you're seriously wanting to learn how to do that uh, in that was not the best explanation, especially without any visuals. Um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I will I will gladly walk you through it. In fact, I might even do a tutorial now that I mentioned that. And uh, because this kind of stuff is, it's, um, it's a lot of fun to do, and it, it's definitely useful and handy. Um, the data is all out there. You know, we talked about third-party developer API earlier. Um, not everything has to come through that. A lot of it is right out there on the blockchain if you know where to look. Um, so yeah, we, we can see that Buster Worth hasn't even been in Upland more than a couple weeks. Too. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, I just came in and, and took over. Shot straight to executive. It's pretty awesome. All right. Um, Moving right along, that was pretty good filler, man, to stretch this to an hour like we wanted to. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, We're going to make it. 
we yeah the last the last segment we got is the secondary market floors um we saw a pretty much universal decline in fiat listings which goes hand in hand with the you know all of the new fiat out testers or, or, or users now um this was fully expected and it's not going to let up anytime soon i don't think i i know that um in many other nft platforms it's usually like like we said earlier like a race to the bottom where you go <laughs> you know you, you want your property to be the most or, or your nft to be the most attractive to buyers if you're in a pinch and you want to get it sold so you're going to list it for the lowest listing and you're going to go in this case, you know, maybe one cent cheaper than the lowest listing. And that doesn't seem like a big deal when it's just you doing it. But when you have hundreds and thousands of people doing it, that's going to drop the floor pretty significantly when they all do that in succession, if that makes sense. And so it, it definitely can crash a market. Um, You know, what some, smart people will do and if they have the financial means to do it is to just buy up that floor and then relist it you have to have the right conditions to meet and you kind of have to uh, be willing to take that risk but i know that i've seen that be successful um, in certain venues where you just clean up the bottom and then just relist everything that you just bought for a profit if that makes sense. We've, yeah, we've had a couple of players do that in Upland and it turned out well for them. I would be even more scared to do it right now because I feel like those would get bought up and then they would just be refilled at the same right. price point yeah. and continue to drop. Right, right, right. So Manhattan dropped barely. Um, a couple of them dropped barely, but um, they did in fact drop. Manhattan went from $30 down to $29.50. Um, yeah, big whoop. That's still good as long as it doesn't continue down, right? Yeah, but the optics, believe it or not, uh, went up uh, almost 5000 or yeah, no, more than 5000 optics up to like 39k six. from mm-hmm. from about 33 last week. That's so good. That's good Glad to, to see Manhattan still holding its popularity. Yeah, San Francisco took a dump in Fiat, um, down to eight ninety five from eleven, which, if I'm not mistaken, the week before that was thirteen. So that's been a pretty steadily steady decline on yeah. the Fiat out listings. And my guess at, to why that is, and we're seeing that, is because of all of those players who had been waiting for a really long time for fiat out now finally have it and where do they have most of their properties mm-hmm. in in san francisco and fresno i would i would guess right right um so 895 down from 11 and we saw a slight uptick on the upex listings up to 13k from 12.7 from last week uh, Chicago still doesn't have any fiat out listings, and we saw a very slight increase on the Upix floor. Went from two point five nine up to two point nine nine k Upix. So yeah, and as I check right now, it's back down to two point six nine nine, and still no fiat listings. So yeah, um, that's almost a wash. Yeah, it's still low. Yeah, what do you happen to know off the top of your head what the 
uh, the minting floor is in Chicago at the moment, non-FSA. Oh, non-FSA? No, I don't. I think I minted some that were 2,000 or just under. Recently? No. No, I'm sorry. That's a good question. Um, yeah. Because I would that would kind of dictate where your UPEX floor is going to be too, huh? Yeah, I would just be curious to know where it's at. And if, because I'm in Chicago at the moment, and if there's no fiat listings, I might just go mint some stuff and list it for fiat. That's, you know. That's uh, not a bad idea. Well, I can look that up while you finish this chart. Cool. All right. Uh, Oakland is down all the way around, um, down to 489 from $5 and down. 5.2 thousand upics from 5.85. Brooklyn has fit listings this week, uh, $3.90, which was the upics equivalent the week before. And this week's upics listing uh, uh, jumped by about 100 up to an even 4K. Fresno also got a fiat listing. It's amazing. All of these cities now have fiat listings that didn't the, the last time. I'm pretty sure this. it's because you mentioned it. Yeah, we had nothing to do with all the new fiat out players, and definitely because I oh, mentioned yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Fresno, the fiat floor is $3.99, and the UPEX floor is 4.79K up from 44 so it, this is great, man. That's six, five out of six so far moving in the upward trend. Um, we're not going to finish out that way, unfortunately, because both Staten Island and Bakersfield are on a decline. But we got fiat listings in both of them, $3 respectively for Staten Island and Bakersfield. Staten Island dropped to 3.33K from 34 and Bakersfield dropped to 4K from 4.19. So, but overall, man, uh, that that's not terrible. I, I'm glad to see the Upix floors are, are rising. Um, they dropped pretty low in some cities. Um, I think 4.4 for Fresno is very undervalued. So I'm glad to see it moving up to 4.79. I, I think that right now that's where your best, your best market is, you know, and, and I'll only, I'm only saying this because of the possibility that business betas only roll out in San Francisco and Fresno as originally planned if they add Oakland and Bakersfield, then that would not really be a factor. Then um, I, I feel like then in that case, all four cities would see a spike in, in you know, um, in value. But if it's only sure. San Francisco and only Fresno, then 4.79K OPEX and 399 FIAP is going to be a, a steal. I, I would expect those to both double and, and possibly, you know, see San Fran do the same, get closer to Manhattan prices. Oh, that'd be cool. I bought up a bunch of the floor, minted up a bunch of the floor in San Francisco before it went away and wouldn't mind selling a few of those. Right. All right. So to answer your question, yeah. the cheapest 
uh, non-FSA in Chicago that you can mint right now is 2,784. And after those 50 are minted up, there's a whole bunch more at 2,788. Give me, give me an address. Uh, okay. The very first one that shows up is going to be 7038 South Rhodes Avenue. Rhodes, like Rhode Island. <laughs> Excellent. Seventy seven zero three eight South Rhodes. Let's see what neighborhood is that in. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, looks like. Nope, that's good. I thought somebody minted it. But Grand Crossing. Grand Crossing. Never heard of it. Yeah, all of these are Grand Crossing, and then we've got some South Chicago. You want a South Chicago address? Oh. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, 2784. That's not bad. Um, no, I mean, you go to South Chicago and it's 2788. Where is South Chicago? Yeah, it's south. It's going to be uh, just uh, southeast of Grand Crossing on the, uh, on the lake. Little pier sticking out. Yeah, let me see side find it yet no oh give me an address 8908 south houston 8908 south houston ah yeah that's where i was at so correct me if i'm wrong but South side Chicago, that's that's the good area of Chicago, right? Is it? <laughs> Isn't that what I always hear on the news? I don't know. It's not that far from Gary, Indiana, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I'm into two properties. Yay. Whoa. Uh, BDAG, do you have anything for our audience before we let them go? I don't this week. I try to come up with something, but I don't. Good luck. Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah. We will see you guys next week and have a good one. It's the Opics Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock in iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opics, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in Opics.